Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Mark from Rams Up here, episode 160. And the focus of this episode is our Super Bowl preview, the Chiefs and the Eagles, Super Bowl 57. Who do you got? Who do I got? Well, you know by now who I got. We're going to get into that pretty deeply here. And we're also going to share someone else's mock draft with you. The purpose of this mock draft is to do a sanity check on the mock drafts I've been doing. Kind of see if the guys that I'm selecting that are falling to me in these mock drafts are realistic picks in my mock draft. So we'll get into that. Got some news here to get through. The 49ers hire Steve Wilkes as their new DC. The Rams defensive coordinator, that's kind of on hold until we find out what happens with Raheem Morris He's still waiting to hear from the Colts, apparently. The concern here is, of course, some of the defensive coordinators that were on the Rams' wish list are no longer available by the time the Colts finally make a decision. We'll see. But I have a feeling Morris is coming back, but we won't know until the Colts figure out what the heck they're doing. The Rams did make a couple of hires. I may have already reported this, but the Rams hired Nick Cayley as their new tight end coach. That's a lateral move. He comes over from the Patriots. He's been with the Patriots in some capacity for the past eight years. And they also hired Ryan Wendell as their new offensive line coach. He comes over from the Bills where he was their assistant offensive line coach. He's from Pomona, played at Fresno State. He played nine years on that Patriots offensive line as well. Hey, and how about Ronnie Rivers, the Rams rookie running back, wins over $500,000 in Vegas playing three-card poker. His salary, by the way, was $870,000. Nice bit of cash for Mr. Rivers. Now, before we get to the Super Bowl, I got to talk Lakers here for a minute. How can we avoid it? LeBron James finally passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and is now the NBA's all-time leading scorer. You know, I love Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kind of sad to see him have to pass the torch, but at least it's to another Laker, LeBron, getting it done. It was inevitable, right? But love both these guys. And yes, yes, LeBron is the greatest player in the history of the universe. I don't even want to hear this Michael Jordan stuff. I hate this argument that Michael has more rings and therefore he is the greatest ever. But hey, Robert Horry has more rings than LeBron James. I will give you that there was much more separation between Jordan and his peers. He was really ahead of his time. Heads and shoulders, by far the best player of his era. But that's just it. I've seen the film of Michael Jordan dunking on guys that look like my dad's plumber. Okay, we've all seen it. Nowhere near what LeBron has to deal with every single night in the modern NBA. There are so many great players in the NBA. Every team's got two, sometimes three, incredible players. Michael Jordan rarely had to deal with that. Certainly not 
every night, every time he stepped on the court like LeBron does. So LeBron is first in points scored, will probably finish second in assists all time, and he has a shot at 40,000 points, 10,000 assists, and 10,000 rebounds. What LeBron does on a nightly basis is good enough for me. Greatest player ever. End of story. And speaking of the Lakers, big trade. Three-team trade. Lakers, Timberwolves, and Jazz. The Lakers finally get rid of Russell Westbrook. They send him and a 2027 first-round pick to the Jazz. The Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. And Michael Conley goes from the Jazz to the Timberwolves. And making this trade even more attractive for the Lakers, that first-round pick they gave up is top four protected. Draft picks involved in this, but the key is... The Lakers add D'Angelo Russell, who was originally drafted by the Lakers, Malik Beasley, who's a great shooter, something the Lakers have been lacking, and Jared Vanderbilt, one of the best defenders in the league, and of course, finally getting rid of that Russell Westbrook contract. You know, Lakers GM Rob Palinka gets a lot of heat, but he nailed this one. The Lakers now have added Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, all 26 years old or younger. The Lakers acquired all four for a single first-round pick and four seconds. This is a trade that is going to catapult the Lakers into the playoffs this year, and they will be a dangerous team, especially if Anthony Davis plays down the stretch like he did back in December. This will be a really scary team. And some of these teams ahead of the Lakers are due for a downfall, I think. My special assistant thinks as well. And it's a little ironic that Westbrook goes to the Jazz, a team which he has had some issues with, with the fan base there, with some racial stuff going on during games. But in all likelihood, Westbrook will not be staying there. They'll buy him out. He'll become a free agent. And then he'll sign with either the Heat or the Clippers. That would be my guess, or I should say, our guess. The key, I think, is really Beasley. The Lakers have been missing that outside shooter, and he's one of the best in the league. This makes up for losing Malik Monk. You can't overestimate how important it's going to be to this Lakers team adding a shooter like Beasley. Enough of the basketball stuff. Let's get to this Super Bowl preview, and then we'll get into that mock draft by Luke Easterling of USA Today and their draft one. Well, Super Bowl 57 is almost upon us, and we have what looks like a really good matchup. The 16-3 Philadelphia Eagles versus the 16-3 Kansas City Chiefs in Arizona. I'm going to tell you who's going to win. Actually, I've already told you several times who's going to win. But I'm going to get into the details here. Why are the Philadelphia Eagles going to roll to a win over the Kansas City Chiefs? If I sound extremely confident about this prediction, it is because I am. And if I turn out to be right, you're all going to look back and say, man, that Rams up guy is so smart. And if I'm wrong, hopefully you'll forget all about this. So let's get through some of the matchups here. Some of the key units in this game that are going to decide the outcome. 
The first thing we got to talk about is this Philadelphia Eagles front four. This group is going to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes without blitzing and with this good cornerback group behind him. We'll talk about them in a minute. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a lot of trouble. This front four has four players with 12-plus sacks, and Hassan Reddick, who has 19.5 sacks to the playoffs now, will be lining up primarily against Andrew Wiley, the Chiefs' right tackle. Wiley has surrendered nine sacks and 53 quarterback pressures. And don't forget Mahomes' ankle. Now, they're going to treat that before the game. He'll probably be in pretty good shape, and maybe we won't even notice. But that's a check in the Eagles' favor, the fact that Mahomes will likely not be 100% when it comes to mobility. And the Chiefs, as good as their offensive line is, they do give up a lot of pressure. But this Eagles front four is something special. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, and Hassan Reddick, who you could argue is the defensive player of the year, all with over 10 sacks. And we haven't even mentioned perhaps their best defensive lineman, Fletcher Cox, who also had seven sacks. And again, those Eagles cornerbacks help out this defensive line. They're not going to have to blitz between the coverage and the talent they have on that front. Chiefs are going to be in a little bit of trouble. The Eagles led the league in sack rate, and it wasn't even close. I'm stealing this from Mina Kimes, one of our favorite NFL analysts. She points out that the difference between the Eagles sack rate and the second best team is the same as the difference between that second place team and the 23rd team. So the Eagles' pass rush is off the charts, and the Chiefs are going to be in trouble because of that. Now, can the Chiefs' receivers step up and make a difference? Well, they're running into a darn good secondary. Plus, McCall Hardman may not be able to play, leaving MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster going up against three really good cornerbacks, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox. And so between these good corners and a somewhat depleted and underwhelming Chiefs receiving core and this pressure that the Eagles are going to be able to bring, the Eagles are going to be able to give extra attention to the one ace in the hole the Chiefs have, and that's Travis Kelsey. Kelsey will produce, there's no doubt about it, but the Eagles are going to be able to throw a lot at him because of the fact that they win the cornerback versus receiver matchup and they win the defensive line versus offensive line matchup. And how about the Chiefs running game? Can they make a difference? They're going to have to lean on Isaiah Pacheco. The Bengals held the Chiefs to 27 yards on 15 carries. That's not a good way to come into a game against a really good defense. Their longest run against the Bengals was six yards. So I love Isaiah Pacheco. Big, powerful back. Hard to bring down. But if that's what the Chiefs are planning on leaning on, Not a good plan in my opinion. I just don't see a lot of options for this Chiefs offense unless Mahomes can really extend plays. Pacheco can make more of a difference than I think he can. And Kelsey can somehow find a way to break loose. Let's talk about the Eagles offense. Now, hurt shoulder might not be 100%, but these extra two weeks, it's got to be a big help. I think Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown combined with Hurts' mobility, is going to be a big problem for the Chiefs' secondary. And defensively, what is the Chiefs' biggest strength? It's their defensive line with Carlos Dunlap and Chris Jones being able to get to the quarterback. But what is the Eagles' biggest strength? 
their offensive line, best in the league. Every one of these guys is above average. This offensive line is lights out protecting the quarterback and in the run game. So that's a bad matchup for the Chiefs too. You go down the line and everything seems to line up with an Eagles win here. The one thing the Chiefs might be able to do is slow down the Eagles running game. If they can contain Hurts, a disciplined pass rush, and keep those three running backs sewed up a little bit, Chiefs might have a chance. Gainwell, Sanders, and Scott are all capable running backs. None of them household names, but combined with Hurts, this is one of the best rushing attacks in the league. So the Chiefs have to figure out a way of containing that running game, containing Hurts when they do get some pressure, and they might have a chance of keeping this score down. But I'm just not feeling it for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Kansas City has enough star power to make a couple of plays to keep this close, but Eagles are going to wear them down. Barring any crazy plays and a bunch of turnovers, Eagles win this game going away by at least 10. That's my prediction. Every matchup I go through here, position group by position group, whether it's a strength versus a weakness or two good units going up against each other, virtually every one of them favors the Eagles. I think the Chiefs have the better quarterback. Can Mahomes pull off some magic and carry the Chiefs to a Super Bowl win? He's going to have to. He may be their only chance, but I'm rolling with the Eagles to win this pretty handily. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 3 and 6 p.m., Pacific Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. I don't know about you guys, but I'm rolling with the Eagles and it's not going to be close. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you've been following our YouTube channel and our podcast on a regular basis, you've seen a bunch of mock drafts that we've shared. I am not going to share one today. At least I'm not going to share one of my own. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to share someone else's mock draft, not every pick, but I'm going to run through it fairly quickly get to that Rams pick, number 36 overall, kind of a sanity check to see what players are available in other mock drafts. Are the guys I'm selecting realistic or not so we can more accurately hone in on what players the Rams really will have to choose from? I was discussing my mock drafts with a friend of mine, and he commented, isn't it a little early for mock drafts? And I said, heck no. It's never too early for NFL mock drafts. Besides, they're just too much fun. This draft is from Luke Easterling of USA Today, posted on February 2nd. This is from their DraftWire website. First thing of note, 
The Colts trade with the Bears and move into that number one slot. The Colts rolling with Justin Fields, so they vacate the number one pick, and the Colts select Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. That leaves Bryce Young to go to the Texans' number two overall. Arizona grabs edge rusher Will Anderson, and the Bears take the pick they got from the Colts in that trade, select the guy some people are calling the best player in the draft. Tampa Bay trades up with the Lions, grabs that number six pick, and drafts Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. He'll take over from Tom Brady. This is the pick that originally belonged to the Rams. We'll jump all the way down to the number 20 pick, the Chiefs, with the pick they got from Seattle, select wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. The Chiefs still have a lot of weapons, but none of them have really emerged as that consistent threat that Tyreek Hill presented. So they go with Addison, hoping that he'll be the guy. And I've mentioned several times, if this draft is loaded at one position, there are as many as five that could be the first tight end selected. In this draft, at number 24 overall, the Jags select Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. That's a guy I've seen slip to the second round. Probably not going to happen unless a few of these teams like other tight ends more than Mayer, and there are some good ones. At 27 overall, the Bills take Texas running back Bajan Robinson. Now, fewer and fewer teams are willing to take running backs in the first round, but Robinson is special. The Bills have been trying to figure out that position for a while, and Robinson, that makes that Bills offense even more scary. Talking about tight ends again, Cincinnati takes Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, 28 overall. So there's two of the five tight ends that could be the first one selected. Washington is that beast out of Georgia, 6'7", 280. He is going to be a matchup nightmare at the NFL level. If there's one interior offensive lineman the Rams might see fall to them that they would consider taking, it's Osiris Torrance out of Florida, but the Saints pick him at 29 in this draft. And at the top of the second round, three guys that I have had mocked to the Rams go in order. Baylor defensive lineman Siaki Aika, Georgia edge rusher Nolan Smith, and Mississippi State cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. The Bears take Ohio State offensive lineman Dewan Jones. So who is left for the Rams to pick? Felix Enuduke Uzama. The edge rusher out of Kansas State, I've had him go to the Rams a couple times. Quarterback Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami. Tyreek Stevens, the cornerback out of Miami. This is the guy Daniel Jeremiah called the top cornerback at the Senior Bowl. And Luke Musgrave, he's another guy that could end up being the first tight end selected. Not sure if that's going to happen. Probably doubtful, actually. But if you get him in the second round, you'll be very, very happy. Two defensive linemen I've had mocked to the Rams. The big guy out of Michigan, Mazzy Smith, and then Kiana Benton out of Wisconsin. Now, I think the Rams would only consider a defensive lineman at that number 36 spot if Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines were clearly moving on to other teams or had already. Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle out of Maryland, is still there. I don't think the Rams would go that way. 
unless they are convinced that neither Alaric Jackson and Joseph Noteboom are the answer, and they have to solve that offensive tackle problem more than anything else, then they might take Duncan. And yet another tight end, Dalton Kincaid, is another tight end that could go in the first round. But in this draft, another guy has slipped to the Rams that I have not mocked to them as of yet, and that is edge rusher B.J. Ojulari out of LSU, and that is the selection, and Ojulari is something special. His intangibles are off the charts. LSU does this thing where they award the number 18 jersey to a very special player. According to Brian Kelly, this is a player that pays attention to detail, has great focus, represents the program in a positive way in the classroom, in the community, and on the field. On top of that, this guy has incredible speed, can get around that corner, but he's not a one-trick pony. He's got a lot of moves, and he used them all at the college level. Comes in at 6'3", 250. Comes in with 16 and a half sacks in his three-year career at LSU. Five and a half this past season. There is not much to dislike about B.J. Ojulari. Don't have to worry about character. Don't have to worry about leadership. If he's going to work hard in the classroom and on the practice field, and if he's going to produce on Sundays. No concerns whatsoever. I think the Rams would jump all over Ojolari if he's there. And what happened to these other guys I mentioned? Kincaid went 48th overall to the Lions. Remember, the Lions traded TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings, so they have a little bit of a void to fill there. Duncan, the offensive tackle, went to the Steelers. Musgrave, a few picks later, to the Dolphins. What a value they're getting. Benton, the defensive lineman, goes to the Seahawks to further bolster that defense that really needs help. And the Bears get the edge rusher Felix Enoduke Uzama. Jags pick the big defensive lineman out of Michigan, Mazzy Smith, number 56 overall. Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback I have been pumping up, was not picked in the first or second round, so he might be there when the Rams pick in the third. To come out of this draft with Ojulari and Stevenson would be a very big deal for the Rams. Concerns along the defensive line if Gaines and Robinson moved on, but they can address that later in the draft, and and I'm still concerned about tight end long term. But there are still some good tight ends left as well, actually. If the Rams can move up into the fourth round somehow, they can find a defensive lineman or a tight end that can help them out immediately. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. Hama.